Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami, and every, uh, what is this, Thursday around this time? Four, four, four words. Good God. Four, four words in. Good God, man. What is wrong with me? Rex. It is. Rami, uh, why, don't, why don't you start the segment? We check we in with Sage Rosenfeld. Something, you just type something up and read it. That might be a better situation. <laughs> then we can laugh at me, Sage. It is Sage Football Wisdom with our journeyman quarterback, Sage Rosenfels. And Sage News, we're, for full disclosure, recording this earlier in the day, just coming down. I don't know if you've even seen it yet. The Vikings have now. Named Gary Kubiak, the offensive coordinator, to replace Kevin ah. Stefanski. Not shocking, and I know you have history with Gary Kubiak, and you probably like this move. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, if you liked the way the Vikings' offense, you know, produced last year, and how it made Kirk Cousins play, and how it, you know, made Dalvin Cook play, and all those types of things, it's it's. That, to me, was the easiest, easiest answer. I know his son, Clint, uh, was also in the works. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, Clint might be one of those guys that's sort of like Stefanski of, like, you know, he's a, he's a super nice guy. I think he's going to be a good coach, and he might be around for a while. You might want to keep him, you know, seasoning with, uh, with another year or two with his dad, uh, you know, being the coordinator. And, you know, I've got great respect for Kubiak. And, and I, you know, so many of the things that the Vikings did last year, that was because of Kubes and, and offensive line coach Rick Dennison, you know those two have been together a long, long time, and obviously, you, you, I think even you know even the casual fan would say, yeah, I could see the difference in that offense than John D. Filippo's offense from the year before. So, Sage, what could change here then? Since it was basically Kubiak's system, Kevin called plays now with Kevin in Cleveland, and Gary calling plays and already having, if not designed this system, then gone a long way towards doing so. What could possibly change just in the transition from having two two minds working together on game day to Gary now basically running the show on game day by himself? Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I got to imagine that you know Kevin Stefanski added a lot you know to the mix his own stuff, right? I mean, every co- coach has you know everyone has people run the same system. I mean, what the Chiefs do is the West Coast offense. What Kyle Shanahan does is the West Coast offense. What Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski runs the West Coast offense, but they're all very different because they're all different people, and some are a little bit more creative, and some think a certain way, and some people want to 
want to be a little more conservative because they know in the long run if you don't take that chance and and you know blah 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 that you'll win more football games rather than trying to throw the ball down the field in third and 15 you know everyone has their amount of risk that they like to take and and Kubiak will have his own so I, I think it will you know we'll see what the difference was between Kubes and Stefanski but sort of knowing those guys and knowing how uh, the, the, the the games were called this past year I imagine this offense would be a little bit similar and I also imagine that Kubes is right now watching a ton of San Francisco 49ers film I think he understands that Kyle Shanahan has sort of taken that offense that we all he you know he brought from from Denver to Houston in 2006 when Kyle was the re, uh, receivers coach and then and quarterbacks coach and coordinator to another level. I think Kubiak is smart enough to, to understand that and and you know ma- what are the things that that he can do to sort of add to what is already already a, a very good run game that I thought made the offensive line look look pretty dang good and and you know did they have to add some talent like who do they need to add I I, I got to think the Vikings could use some some guys with some serious speed I mean that's one thing San Francisco has at least from a talent aspect is they have like five or six receivers that are like four three eight four four one guys and the Vikings don't have that so I think there'll be some schematic things but also you know who do they need to add to this offense uh to make it uh, you know, more uh, more explosive. That was something that could have been more this year. Is a little bit more explosive. And that's I think I think you've hit on the the biggest thing here because the, the you know in, in the NFL the window closes quick and there's cliffs and you know, the Vikings have experienced that a number of different times where you go from uh, a playoff and Super Bowl contender and then the next year you're sort of in rebuild mode. And so what what when you look at this team and the things that they can change either through free agency draft or scheme. Do you see this team as having another level that they can access in 2020, or, or does it feel sort of like the the winding down of of this particular window? You know, I, the good teams always just sort of go from one window to the next. Yeah. Sometimes there's a, a one step back year, and and I will say I, I saw a tweet the other day and I thought about it, and it, it does make sense. I know people, it's not like some original thing, but the fact the Vikings are generally 500 or better means they never get these top five picks. They never get these top ten picks. It's not, and it's not only in the first round. It's, you know, it, it's the top five or top ten in the second round. I mean, that's not much of a difference between what a late first-round pick is where a lot of times that's where the Vikings are picking. So you're almost missing a, a round, almost a full draft round of, you know, the, the really, really good players when you, you know, get to the NFC Championship game. And so, you know, sometimes the best way to rebuild is to be, really bad and that was huge for the 49ers i mean they they in a sense you know when kyle shanahan when john lynch got there they were terrible they so they got they had all these high draft picks and then they got better and they were more competitive with with garoppolo and whatever but then garoppolo got hurt and so then they, they didn't have a very good year last year right and then they got more good draft picks right and now then this year here here we go they're in the Super Bowl. so sometimes you have to sort of have not always. I mean, the Patriots just keep reloading and reloading and reloading, but uh, it really does help to occasionally have a bad year to then load up. And if you hit some draft picks, that can really sort of bring you to the next level and, and open up a new window for you. Sage, is Kirk Cousins a, a bad fit for this Gary Kubiak system? Because we know he likes the, the smaller, more athletic offensive linemen to run the zone blocking scheme, but usually smaller, more athletic offensive linemen, if they have a weakness, it's pass blocking, and I know you always want pocket awareness and mobility from a quarterback, but it seems to me those two things, which Kirk lacks, are especially important to have in this system and with an offensive line that's constructed this way. Well, 
Yeah, I think that is the struggle with this offense, and it's a struggle with the 49ers. There's a reason they didn't throw the ball last week, because they didn't have to, for one, and and that's just – People should think that way, I think, is if you don't have to throw the ball, you should never throw the football. I mean, if you if people are getting six yards of rush, just keep running the ball for six yards. That's what the 49ers did, and that's what they won. But what, where they really struggle is in the third long situations when they can't run the football, and that's where Kirk really struggled this season. And, and there's you know those two offensive lines we talked about. They're number one and number two as far as lightest offensive lines. And so they do. teams can get pressure on the quarterback and just straight drop back situations which on you know third and eight third and ten third and twelve and you can't run the football that's what you get and you know that that's that's why uh you know there is no bryant mckinney on this football team you know or, or phil Lodholt, these huge massive guys because in this offense you want players that can really run you want offensive linemen that can run because on that outside zone you're basically sort of running towards the sidelines and defenders have to be gap sound, so they have to run with you, and the, the quicker the offensive line is, the, the better chance of them being able to reach somebody and, and get them out of their gap, and that's where the hole hits. And, uh, but all that... Yes. But all that Keep stuff, all, all that quickness does uh, uh, hurt you as far as, you know, you need that girth in the passing game to take on those great pass rushers. So Football. Oh, sorry. My bad. I stepped on it. I'd like to apologize. So, Sage, back to teams being uh, bad at, at times, too. And, yes, the Patriots are, are the team that has the blueprint, and I don't know how, but they're great at it. But w- when you look at what San Francisco has done, to your point about them being good, and then not just being bad, but falling off a cliff and now coming back, and the Vikings not doing that, is there something to be said in conversations to, to be had about when you have a window, certainly going for it and taking it, but when you don't, you know what? You know, if you win nine games, that's great. But back to what you're saying, if you get top five picks, that's better. Is there an exploration that should be done of sometimes? If you're, go- if you're going to be bad, just be bad for a couple of years because the draft picks that you accumulate can turn your franchise around probably quicker than anything else. I mean, that's like the Miami Dolphins conversation from this year, right? Like they mm-hmm. had every opportunity – to be bad. They trade away uh, their quarterback. They trade away their left tackle. I, I think probably a couple other guys. And they're tanking. They're tanking in the way they won five football games. So that they really sort of screwed themselves as far as getting you know the top couple picks in the draft. Uh, but I, I still think players are going to want – you know why players want to win? You know why coaches want to win? Because they're getting paid to win football games, not just playing football games. And every single play – is measured as far as did you do your job did you do better than your job did you not do your job did you get beat everybody is critiqued on every single play and you're and 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 everybody is going to try to win and even the teams that get rid of some of their players they're not going to try to go out there and lose they're going to try to win football games and just the fact that you have uh, you know 53 guys on an nfl roster there's always enough talent there to win if you have good you can't tell coaches to not coach well i mean they're going to coach his best they're going to try to go win football games uh it's a too it's too hard of a sport to go out there and 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 do all that to your body and not try to win so i i think that you know that'll really never happen and i rarely happen and and i think it's you know be a bad way to go and i i think it's the reason it's hard for it to happen is because players want to win because i said you know your film is your resume and you wouldn't want to put 
you know, bankruptcies on your resume just because, you know, maybe you could, you know, get something later. So you, you want to keep your resume as good as possible, and that's what the film is for an NFL player. Sage Rosenfels here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Sage Football Wisdom. You can also find Sage on Purple Daily every Monday at 2 o'clock and every Wednesday at 2 o'clock. So you were uh, your old podcast buddy Sam Ekstrom was filling in yesterday, and th- this is the... This this week is the ten year anniversary of one of the the saddest periods in Vikings fans' minds. The the week after the NFC Championship game against the Saints, can you just like since we're since we pick at the scab every once in a while, what was the what was the week after that game like for you and for other people that you talked to on the team? You know, what was funny was yesterday uh, he texted me and he was like, "Hey, here's the things I want to talk about." And and one of those was this the championship game, and I was like, "Well, we've hit that pretty good this year." Yeah. We did a special on it, did a podcast. Hello, we, Minnesota uh, Sports Rewind. Anywhere you we, find podcasts, <laughs> we uh, we obviously played them in the playoffs and discuss it going into the game. Probably discuss it plenty going after the game. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was you know Eli Manning retired uh, or is retiring today. It looks like, and I got to play for him the year after that. And you know what a treat for me to play behind Brett Favre. Uh, and then Eli Manning in back-to-back years, but not just have you know any old year with Brett Favre. It was uh, just the wildest year, a guy that I mean, it's it really is a movie. A guy that just sort of shows up mid-training camp. Uh, you could tell he was out of shape. He about passed out the first practice, and uh, <laughs> and goes and has this you know not just like a a, a good season. The greatest season of his, you know, uh, already Hall of Fame career. I mean, he was a Hall of Famer five years before he came to the Vikings, and has the greatest year of his career. Uh, there's so many great stories and so many great games, and you know, saw Greg Lewis, the the the, uh, the who is now the Kansas State Chiefs receiver, the other day. He's playing the Super Bowl. He's a receivers coach for the Chiefs, and he was the guy who caught the ball versus San Francisco. You know, like the, the, the you know that. That season has so many amazing memories that I continue to carry with me, and and then I run to somebody, and sure enough, that that championship game comes up, or even these other games come up. I mean, there was a bunch of wild ones. The Chicago game was wild in Chicago. Uh, you know, there, it was it was a, a lot of fun that season, and and a lot of great memories. Sage, this week the Pro Bowl alternates were announced, and there were opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to the Vikings. Five guys named. On one end was Kendricks got in. Everybody agrees he deserved to be in. So good for him. Applause, cheers, etc. Then Xavier Rhodes gets in, and unanimously people are going, how the hell does Xavier Rhodes get in the Pro Bowl? And me personally, I went through I went through a whole cycle with this where I went, how the hell did he get in the Pro Bowl? And I had the same outrage and shock that everybody else did. And then I came around to... Why do I care? Like, I don't watch the Pro Bowl. I've never watched the Pro Bowl. As far as I'm concerned, it could not be played, and my life would be no different. I don't care about the Pro Bowl. Most people don't, yet for some reason, we get upset over who makes it and who doesn't make it. How do players feel about the Pro Bowl and when we see stuff like that? I think the BS part about the Pro Bowl is how um, when players do have good years and they don't make it over a player who didn't have a good year but just had good years, you know, three years ago or, you know, has that name recognition thing. Um, I never really liked the fact, uh, you know, of that, but I'm, I'm very much like you. I really could care less about it. Do you know who was one of the quarterbacks in the NFC in the Pro Bowl last year? My guy. Mitch Trubisky. I love right. where you're so like, Sage is going I don't with know this. why so you like to hurt me, Sage. I don't know why you like cares. to hurt me, man. Every week, you got to bring this up. Every I week. mean, it's really, it's, it's, 
I would rather watch a Maction game on a Tuesday night See. than watch the Pro Bowl. I have no interest in what I. You know what I, I'm interested in? I want to watch the dodgeball game at the Pro Bowl. I actually that to me might might be fun. Wait, to they watch. play dodgeball at the Pro Bowl? Yeah, yeah. they do. Like, yeah, yeah they with, do. All with these, I think that's tonight. I think that's tonight. They do like a skills challenge. No, it's with like uh, just do, just regular some sort Someone's of dodgeball. You, you could like if you threw a football at oh. someone like that, you could stab somebody. This just reminded me. By the way, we came up with a score at score north athlete challenge a few weeks ago. Jonathan and I against Sage in a game of dodgeball. Would you be up for that, Sage? Oh, I'd be down for something. Okay, like that. cool. Yeah. He'd kill you guys. I know. That's what's going to be funny the, about it. Point. Right. Awesome. That's the yeah. Okay, that's great. If I'll you take, want to die, I'll take one for the team. And the, other, right. the I mean, you can I, either I go with that idea, Judd, or the other one is you, as a defensive end, have to try and get past Alex Boone protecting Sage <laughs> Rosenfeld. Oh no, I'd die then. I'd much, I'd much prefer to see Maclock, comma Sage, forty, comma Sage. If if we put if we put you, uh, you know, back there with a football, and it was it was Alex Boone trying to protect you with Judd trying to rush. What would your confidence? You level know what be I think we should do. I, I think I think we should do a dodgeball game, but they're Nerf footballs, so they are sort of footballs, but. Uh, uh, you don't get spiked in the back. I can football. see myself hitting you right in the back, <laughs> Matthew, with, a, with an NFL football. I'm going to tell you, those, that, that is, people get hit You know, sometimes on the sidelines. I've seen people go down. Oh, yeah, I'm no. media no, 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 people. No, no, no. I've yeah, seen coaches. I mean, Troy Williamson. I mean, come I'm on. Not, I'm not doing it with a real football, Sage. That's, I mean, dodgeballs or, or, like you said, a Nerf football. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to take one for the team. Not ready to die for the team. I have a whole bunch of college footballs, like there, there's some, some Iowa State balls. I buy about ten of them. Oh. We can come up and have a great time. There is going to be nothing that I will do against Alex Boone because I would be dead. Okay, <laughs> I'd do that so one it's too. a terrible idea. I would then, do that one. Then, too. Rami, it's all you. I would do it's that all one. You. Too. It's You're not me. For that one? Yeah. So Sage, how, how, I'll get pancaked. No, wouldn't be the first time. How much appreciation did you have? For uh, Patrick Mahomes' 27-yard touchdown run in the AFC title game on Sunday. Because to me, I know it wasn't as long as the Michael Vick run here in like 2003 against the Vikings in OT. But when you saw the amount of things that that man did in one run as a quarterback, to me, it was off the charts. It was a great run. And people never realized that Patrick Mahomes is a great athlete. He wasn't just a, he's not just a great thrower. Um, but he really is a, a very, very good athlete. And, and, you know, he's not super fast. He's not Vic fast. He's not, uh, who's the kid in Arizona? Uh, the kid from, from Oklahoma. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. He's yep. super fast. I mean, there's some really fast. He's not that, but there's, you know, you have a shiftiness about you. And that's where I sort of see the kid from LSU, Joe Burrow. He doesn't, you uh, don't think he's fast, but then actually you, you watch him run and he sometimes pulls away from, from linebackers or he just has a way of getting around the edge and, uh, around the, uh, the edge. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, this kid, Pat Mahomes, he, he, he's a good athlete, but he's not super fast. He's just super, super shifty, has great balance. And, and, uh, you know, that was a great run. And, and if they win the Super Bowl, that would be a run that probably goes down in, in a sort of folklore for Kansas City Chiefs fans. Is he far and above the best quarterback in the NFL for you right now? Is there Not anyone far and in above. his? I love Russell Wilson. Okay. I think those two. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. If I could, you know, if I'm going to start a franchise, Russell or uh, uh, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson's the MVP this year. By the way, I think Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback, but Lamar Jackson is the MVP of the offense this year. My thing with Lamar is, I'm interested to see if he can do this for the next eight years. Right? I, I think he can do it for the next three, four, or five. There's obviously a style there, but I'm, you know, we haven't seen this style where you have a guy who can really, really run and throw 
but you know, how long can he play for it? We saw the Cam Newton thing sort of fall off the cliff. Now this guy's smaller, but he's also much you know quicker and, and better runner. So uh, you know, he would not be probably even my top three or four. Uh, but yeah, I think Pat Mahomes and Russell Wilson, those two for me are step above everybody. Else. I mean, the thing about Mahomes when when he came out of Texas Tech, and I admittedly did not watch a lot of him out of Texas Tech, and so when I first started hearing the Brett Favre comparisons, I was I was like, all right, that's. That's that that's aggressive. I don't but you watch him play and if if Brett Favre was a little bit bigger and could throw the ball even farther and was more mobile and also didn't throw 20 interceptions in a handful of seasons, I can see it, man. I mean, he really is sort of a, a modern day more mobile bigger version of Brett Favre. So there's something about and I and I've been sort of a thing I'm analyzing uh, with you know, my sort of quarterback conversations, but you know the guys that in college you threw the, the throw the ball a ton, like the guy that plays in, in Mike Leach's offense. You know, I did a radio interview this morning for CS, SiriusXM with the Pac-12 and Ryan Leaf, and we talked about Anthony Gordon. I mean, the guy's had 689 attempts this season. His senior year, he played one year, 689 attempts. I had less than 600 in my entire college career. Right, <laughs> so. Just having all those attempts. And then you have guys that are playmakers. And if you go back ever and watch the Mississippi State offense, Favre was running around making plays. It was un- making unbelievable throws. And that, to me, is also a big advantage because that is a nice thing to have. And I think that helped out Aaron Rodgers to watch a guy like Favre be a playmaker. Uh, but the ability to, to make the plays when the offensive line breaks down, when the first two or three reads aren't there and you got to do something, when it's crunch time, the ability to create offense when nothing is there. But also at the foundation of it, the ability to have the right type of coach to go, okay, I know you got all this run around, you know, trying to make plays thing. Let's go through simple old school. Let's create a foundation of offense. You have something to rely on so you can get really good at when the plays are there, the plays are there and the ball comes out. Pat Mahomes got that with Andy Reid. I think Favre got that with all those coaches in Holmgren in Green Bay. That is really, really important when you have one of these playmaker types. To You don't want to take that out of them, but you want to then build that foundation that maybe they never had as a college quarterback. When Steph Curry and the Warriors, and really league-wide, people started bombing threes from damn near midcourt, you saw all over Twitter, any social media, clips of kids trying to do the same thing and you hear basketball coaches complaining that this is ruining basketball that everybody thinks they are or can be Steph Curry and just launch it from anywhere on the court now I'm seeing kids trying to do Patrick Mahomes things as I as I scroll through my timeline the no look passes the the throws from weird angles and weird platforms do you think this is going to be a problem for coaches of young kids coming up thinking they can be Patrick Mahomes when really like nobody can do what he does, and that's not something that you can teach or or ingrain into a kid that you're trying to teach to play football, can you? Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, are you going to tell your kid not to be, you know, Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett? I mean, you know, it's good chance it's not going to happen, but uh, you know, you never know, yeah, and you want your kid to strive for <laughs> for the top of the game, right? So, you listen, know, listen, we're all Matthew, about crushing dreams. <laughs> early Matthew Collar, Matthew Collar, right now. Is work right now. He's working on his fadeaway Michael Jordan fadeaway jump shot somewhere, <laughs> right? So I think it's important that it's it's great to watch guys do it a way that we've never seen it before. And when I was in high school basketball, we had a great team. I would consider my high school coach a similar sort of a Bob Knight, but of high school and in Iowa, we were oh, we won you know championship after championship as far as you know conference and things like that. But I we nobody nobody could take the ball to the hoop. 
there was never a, I'm just going to dribble and I'm just going to drive past this guy. We didn't do that. Everything was super structured. Everything was coming off a screen. You know, we didn't have a lot of freelance to our game. And I think that actually hurt us. So I think that as the games evolve, I think maximizing anyone's sort of natural abilities, uh, uh, is, is a strength. And, and I think guys trying to do, more, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Now, listen, a coach can say, don't take those bad shots because you don't make them. I mean, it's all about really making them. If you can't make them when you're just shooting on air, you sure as heck shouldn't be shooting them in games. Okay, well, one last thing for you here. We're going we're gonna to get, once we actually see some reports of where some of these, uh, the game of free agent quarterback musical chairs, I think Tom Brady's the first domino, but. Well, my, my, it might be the most interesting year ever. Oh, my God. You have, as far as veterans. Yeah, like, veterans just don't, it just doesn't happen. Breeze, I cannot imagine, cannot imagine him leaving that situation. Well, he and Bears general manager Ryan Pace are good buddies. I'm just going to put that out there. And Breeze would probably love playing in that windy, cold Chicago weather. Yeah, yeah, 40-year-old yeah. arm, too. It'd be great. <laughs> where do you want to see Teddy Bridgewater wind up? Where, where would be a fun spot for Teddy? Hmm. That is a good question. Teddy Bridgewater. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'd have to... I'm interested to see where Carolina goes with their entire team. I, uh, Carolina Panthers. I just, okay. How about that? Throwing out of the hat. I, like I you know, I think be, being a college coach to a pro coach is is a major challenge. But I watching Matt Rule uh, in the Big Twelve last year at Baylor and what he walked into there and how they turned that sucker around was very very impressive. And I love the fact that they hired who they hire. Oh, the Saints. Former Saints receivers coach who then went to LSU to become the offensive coordinator and the passing game coordinator. Man, he might actually, you know, have the offense that he went five and zero this year. So I, I think the Carolina Panthers that would be a great spot for old Teddy Bridgewater. I like it. That is Sage football, football wisdom. Every Thursday at four thirty here on Mackie and Judd with Rhyme. You can also find Sage on Purple Daily Mondays at two o'clock and Wednesdays at two o'clock. Super Bowl in a week and a half, and we will preview it all with you next week, Sage. Looking forward to it, man. I will be down there, and we'll have to figure out how we're going to do this show. So I'll we got to get you. By the way, like so, this is this is my fault. Mm-hmm. Sage is going to be down there, but the media credential application deadline was November thirteenth. Took care of it already. Don't worry about it. You're good. Oh, look at this guy. You know, I know people down in Miami. That's my old stomping ground. Like Peyton Manning, he calls his own offense. He doesn't wait for you. If you want to do it the easy way, fine. I'll go, and you know, now I owe somebody a cup of coffee or something. Perfect. I got. I think I got worked out. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll talk to you from Miami next week. All right. See you, Sage. Sounds good, guys. Thanks, Sage. And the biggest news to come out of that conversation with Sage Rosenfels, myself, Phil Mackey, takes a 2-1-0 to to zero lead in the good question standings. Well, I mean, I think you should I'm playing, I'm playing, there for it. I'm playing under protest. What I'm do you pl- mean? It, no offense to you personally. You throw out a lot of really... I think we all do a pretty good job of coming up with good questions. Just for say it, Matt. Don't right? sugarcoat it, man. That, I mean, that was an average question at best. <laughs> Right, I got. I got a feeling we might have a cheating scandal here. Like Mackie was texting Sage while we were doing the interview. Say good question. Absolutely after this, was. right. He asked if Teddy Bridgewater. What did you ask? I don't even remember the question. Where I'll, am show I going? You, I'll show you my text with Sage, so you know that I didn't do that. What team? Yeah, well, no, but Sage was. By now. Sage was buying himself time. Yeah, that was the other. That thing. was. Uh, that, that, I, I got to think of a team. He was saying good. good he was saying See? good question. No shenanigans. Okay. Here's my text. Good, good question was, was the same as. Um, I want a review. I want. I want a review. I want to review the play. I'm throwing my red flag next week. Sage, you realize the Pandora's box you're opening. Yes, but anyone who says good question to any of us, this now sets the precedent I mean, that we're no, going to go right. Okay, here's here's a precedent. I think that needs to be set. 
if three of four of us are questioning, if it was really a good question, <laughs> then we're allowed to throw Did out the thought red flag. Did you question? think my question, which yes. got a good question, was yes. a good question? Okay. Yes. I'm not challenging that. I'm not throwing the red flag okay, on so Judd. It doesn't cha- matter what you think of Judd's question. I clearly have two feet in bounds. I think three of us are, are questioning and whether possession. or not that was really a good question and whether or not Sage really doesn't meant matter. it. This is fully subjective. Here's my pro- here's my proposal. We'll have Sage on next week. How much replay are we going to do here? I say we pull the tape. And we ask Sage, did you really think that was a good question, or were you just buying yourself some Yeah, time? but if you do that, then he's never going to give you guys that's a good question again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the other problem it. then, too, is we're, we're subject to so much replay then, and eventually there, there's going to be good question write-ups from leagues. That was not a good question. The NBA has deemed that was not a good question the last two minutes of that game. And <laughs> it's going to just review. It's just going to get really well, ugly, Ron. You guys can fight it all you want, but you know what? When you put the ball in play, good things happen, and that's what happened to me today. I have a two to yeah, one to, to zero. So Robbie zero. We're not, not going to install a challenge system. I just feel it'd be a lot of listen. Work. Just make your questions better, okay? All right. Let me know if you want some tips. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar. Or pie made with fresh, cosmic, crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit.